Well, good evening, and welcome to another recorded podcast on Class with Dr. Fryer. I am recording this introduction on Friday, April the 3rd, 2020, about 9.30 in the evening, and this was a recording from this past week when we had our first full week of remote learning at our school, and we ended up having a couple live virtual conferences. And so this was the first of two. This one was entitled Comparing and Understanding Google Classroom and Seesaw. And this was uh, on March 31st. This focused on understanding the similarities and differences between Seesaw and Google Classroom and specifically dove into different aspects of creating assignments in Google Classroom. So I will include in the notes for this um, a link to the slides that you can check out. You can also uh, take a look at this by visiting the instructional support website that we are continuing to build for our uh, teachers, uh, but it's openly shared for anybody to take a look at. So if these resources can benefit you or the teachers that you work with, that would be fantastic. And that website is support.cassidy.org. And if you click the link at the top for Genius Bar, that is where we are putting recorded webinars such as this one or recorded workshops. Uh, and there was another one that's there as well. I'll publish that one uh, you know, later, later, probably either this weekend or early next week. And that was called parent and student expectations for hangouts, meet live video conferences. But this one focused on Google classroom and seesaw. I think I shared slides for about maybe 10 minutes or so. And then we had some really good question and answer. Uh, so I also want to point out that everything I am creating at school as part of my day job, I am not monetizing in any way. So all of these are you know, shared freely without any kind of sponsored segments or anything like that <clears throat> on some of the other things like the, the evening webinars that I'm doing, which I had been doing on Thursday. I'm actually doing one tomorrow uh, if somebody would happen to be listening to this on April the 4th, and that one is called uh, Tips for Becoming a Connected Educator. All of those are being archived on uh, the website designcreateshare.com. So lots of digital content coming to you, and I, I'm glad that you're here. So without further ado, let's go back to this past week on March the 31st, 2020, for this session that is entitled Comparing and Understanding Google Classroom and Seesaw. Well, hello, everyone. Today is March the 31st, 2020, and this is Wes Fryer, and we are in a Google Hangout Meet with some of our lower division special teachers and coaches, and we are actually working with both Google Classroom and Seesaw now. And so we need to talk about a little bit of these differences and uh, have some interactive Q&A. So uh, this particular slideshow for those of us that are um, accessing this through the calendar is attached now to your calendar invitation. But if you just want to go to the slides, you can uh, hold your iPhone camera over that QR code there in the corner, or you can just go to the shortened link wfriar.me slash March 31st, since that's today's date. So <clears throat> all of us, oh, isn't that lovely? Look at that. Westman spelled a word in his first or second slide. Um, all classrooms, I would say, you know, need to have an interactive sharing space. And we are in the midst of remote learning. So that is definitely something I think everybody has and is doing. <clears throat> but um, 
you know, this was something, this is still something that's good, even if we're not remote learning, but being able to have students turn in their work, give them feedback, being able to share both teacher to student and then student to teacher, possibly among students, all of those things are really powerful and really critical, of course, for remote learning. So Seesaw, uh, in terms of what how I would define it and explain it, is a digital learning journal that empowers students. And actually, you know what? I'm gonna change this on the fly because this needs to say students and teachers because both, both students and teachers get empowered with Seesaw. And Google Classroom does to a degree, but we'll talk a little bit about the differences. Um, and so we're empowered to create, share, and interact. In other words, students can initiate posts with Seesaw, whereas with Google Classroom, with except for some things like the uh, feed where you have a, the discussion board, um, they, they, there's, a, there's some somewhat less options in terms of students posting. Uh, but this idea of students creating a journal of their learning is really what Seesaw is focused on and they've added activities and assignments that we're using a lot right now. Google Classroom, I think of as mainly a digital assignment and materials manager. And it does empower students to a degree, but I really think it empowers teachers the most, especially to use all of the Google platform tools. So Google Docs, Google Forms, um, you know, Google Slides, uh, all of those things. We can use those within Seesaw as well, but they really work super good inside Google Classroom because it's their platform that they've made. And so it really facilitates classroom learning that way. So uh, I'm not gonna play these videos, but you're welcome to go back and play them. Um, this is just the introductory video for families for Seesaw. And then this is just an introductory video uh, for, for Google Classroom. In comparing these, both of these facilitate the student turn-in of digital work both of them record the date and time when student work is turned in. You know, both of them can be rich examples for parent conferences. And that's something we really haven't even talked about, but um, we just got an email from our head of school today saying, you know, we're at this point indefinitely closed for this year. We don't, cause we don't know. We're not sure if we're going to ha have to remain closed and, and do remote learning for the rest of the year or not. But I think for sure we're going to, you know, continue to have interactions like we have before with with parent conferences and other things. So both of these can have really great examples that we can then share and talk to parents about. And then this one is really important. Both of these support the sharing of a template that we create as teachers, and then that lets each student get their own copy. So um, that is the the number one thing I would I want to demo and talk about because I think especially for our lower school teachers who are mainly familiar with Seesaw, that's an important thing to know about in Google Classroom, but vice versa. That, that's a super powerful thing to be able to do with both platforms. So right now we are you know, pretty much set in terms of what we're using, but as we move further into digital learning and remote learning, um, you know, it, it, it could be possible, for instance, that special teachers could use Seesaw uh, for fourth grade. Right now, fourth grade is using all Google Classroom. Um, remember that Seesaw can be student initiated or teacher initiated. So in terms of adding something to your learning journal, uh, building a portfolio, that is what Seesaw allows students to be able to do. It also allows them to do assignments and to do activities. But this idea of a portfolio is a little bit different. And it has built-in creation tools 
for audio and digital drawing, okay? That is huge. In fact, I wonder if I can be fancy here. Uh, I haven't done this in a while. So yeah, look at this, pointer, cool. So this one right here is really key. There are ways for um, students to be able to submit audio in Google Classroom, but you can't, You have to use a different app. It's not built in. And similarly with drawing stuff, if you want kids to take a picture of something and draw on it or draw on something you give them, there's built-in tools right here in Seesaw for that, and Google Classroom doesn't have that. Uh, Seesaw also has activities. So there's a library of thousands of activities that teachers around the world have created and shared. We have an activity library just for our school. And then because we are a Seesaw for Schools uh, school uh, and we pay for that, we have additional features. And one of those involves skills that you can assess and you can have a rubric. Now, there's also a rubric that's been added to Google Classroom. So there's, there's um, um, you know, that is available as well. Gosh, how do I turn that off? Okay. Um, so Google Classroom, teacher initiated, meaning we have to, as the teacher, basically set up the assignment or post the materials. Um, I like to think of it sort of as schooly. It's a little bit more assignment-based. It does show, as an activity does in Seesaw, who has turned in something and who hasn't. And it supports quizzes and it supports threaded discussions. And so there are, and then I guess I should have put some other things on there because there's something now called that uh, like assesses whether students have plagiarized in their writing and they've added, you know, some things like that. So I want to point everybody to our support site on support.casty.org. When you choose I'm a teacher, I use Google Classroom. This is the page that you'll find. And um, the link that I want to show you really quick just to make sure you've seen it is this Eric Kurtz series on um, how to use Google Classroom. And so what I'd like to do now is show you that, demo how each student gets a copy of a new assignment in um, really both Seesaw or both Google Classroom and Seesaw. And then I just wanna open it up to questions. Um, so Michelle, have we had any questions in the chat yet that you want to give voice to? No questions yet. No questions yet, okay. So- oops. Oh wait, Megan has a question. Okay, good. She's raising her hand. You can have Michelle do it if you don't want to be recorded. Okay, there's. I was looking for the button to unmute me. Um, I have a question about Google Classrooms. Okay. Or Google Classroom because we're all new to it. Um, I know you said just a minute ago, Wes, that there's a, an app or something where kids could respond uh, recording themselves um, as a response. Right. And so I'm not really there yet, but I think eventually that would be kind of cool to look into. So I have asked for my first activity for students. I asked them to just snap a photo and post it back. Okay. And I see that one student has done that and it's listed in student work on my iPad. But on the other side, it says zero have turned turned it in when right here I see that one student has. So I wonder how was it maybe the way I set it up? To, to where it looks like they have to turn it in in a certain way or is posting the pictures back. I don't know why that wouldn't show up as one turned in. Okay. So yeah, sometimes students aren't exactly clear on um, how, to, how to turn things in. And so um, Google Classroom, and this is a test class, so I'm not sharing any confidential student information. Uh, this is just a test class that Jeremy had set up for us to use and, and kind of play with. Uh, it's it, there's a stream, there's classwork, there's people, and then there's grades. And so sometimes, especially early on, I would have students when we start to use Google Classroom just posting stuff here 
in the stream. Now you can choose when you have your own Google Classroom, which we don't currently in lower division, we're just using one. Um, so the teacher can decide whether or not in the stream you wanna let students post and comment, only comment, or only the teachers can. I think the default choice here is that students can post and comment. I'm gonna reset this class code actually after we're done, because if I didn't, then this is in the recording and anybody who wanted to could join this, this class. So that's something good to know too. You can always just reset your class code and it'll become something different. Um, so anyway, sometimes students would turn stuff in right here in the stream. The way that you want students to turn in classwork is, is like this. So I'm gonna to go to create an assignment. I'm going to call it, um, well, this is gonna just give me a little tip, so I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna call this uh, making uh, info picks. And <clears throat> what I'm gonna do is I'm going to add it, and I've already created this document in Google Drive. And so let's see if it's gonna show up here. This is actually the, assignment that my students are doing right now. And I, this is the, this is the, um, the power of, no, this is it or not. Um, so yeah, sometimes you'll have to go in and search for it in drive to be able to view it. because I want, I want to add, I've, I've already set up this, in this case, a presentation. Okay, now that, this is it. Um, okay, so this is, this is the, these are the instructions for students in the slideshow. So I've created this with instructions for students. Um, I've even put some videos in here that I want them to watch. One of these is really long. And then this is where I want them to fill in. So I'm going to have them write their ideas here. Um, they're basically going to, going to uh, read the responsible use policy, which at our school has currently 27 different items on it. And so they're going to read it. I made a video about it and they're just going to pick five of those and they're going to make a little info pick about it like this. Okay. I will tell the truth. That's, that's an info pick. So this is an example of a template. Okay. Now this is a project that the students are working on all week for a couple meetings. So this is not something for them, you know, just to finish in 10 minutes. This is going to take a, a little bit more time, but I want all of the kids to be able to get a copy of that. And then they're going to turn it in to me. So, um, there it is, okay, example project. So I'm gonna add this to my assignment. Um, usually you're gonna wanna also type in some instructions here uh, for students, you know. I guess I can type something for real. Please uh, follow, please read <laughs> and follow the instructions in the attached slideshow, okay? Here is the number one thing I wanted to show everybody in this workshop, all right? This is an option when you first create an assignment in Google Classroom. Once you've created it and you edit it, you can't add this. This only shows up for a new thing. But instead of students just view this, which would be okay if it was a material, like a video or something, I don't want to let everyone edit the same one because I, I, I want them to do their own work. So this choice, make a copy for each student, 
ha ha, that is so powerful. Like I want to sing a sing a song and dance a happy dance for this. This particular feature of Google Classroom is absolutely the best thing. So you can create a document, or in this case, I made a slideshow. You can have it all set for students. And then when you click make a copy, uh, you decide, you know, is it going to be ungraded or how many points? You know, when's it going to be due? Let's say this is going to be due next Friday. Uh, and then if I have a topic, you know, our, our topic could be digital literacy or whatever we're, we're learning. This is where the rubric stuff, this is fancy stuff that they put in. I don't, I haven't used these yet, actually. But what happens now when I click assignment is every student uh, who, well, if they had an email, our students through fourth grade don't have an email, so they won't get one. But fifth grade and above, they'll get an email. But students will see this when they log into their Google Classroom uh, and they'll be able to view that. So I'm going to be able to, I'm going to go ahead and click assign. Um, and now that is visible to students. And what I think I'm going to do really quick is I'm going to add a student. I mean, I have a demo account set up. And so I'm going to add that student to our class. So I'm going to add students at Cassidy.org. This is just a demo account. And if you end up wanting to play with this and use this account, I can I can do this for you too. So this student now has that has that assignment. I can see this in my my view, but a lot of times it's nice to see what this looks like for a student. So I'm going to go to uh, my waffle here and click on classroom, and I'm going to click on my test class. It says join the test class. So I'm going to join this class. Okay, and look at that. I see that I posted a new assignment called Making Info Picks. Um, and please read and follow the attachments. Ha, I was about to like panic. Where's the work? And here is where the student's work is. And so they cr click on this and it automatically puts their name at the top. This user is called student user, so that's why it says student user. But this is now a copy of this. And so if I go in and... Okay. We have a question. Yes, go ahead. Um, they were commenting that your screen is showing in the grid view, so it's really hard to see. And they, okay. wanted, to, they wanted to know if they needed to um, change the view on their end or... Do you need to shift to presentation mode? I would suggest changing out of grid view, yes. and then you will see his screen large in the middle. Correct. That's what I did because I was having a hard time seeing it. We've got the grid view selected. Just go ahead and turn that off. Thank you so much. All right. And Heather's, um, I guess, if you want to put your question into chat, Heather, we can, uh, you can, Michelle can say that or. And the, oh, okay. And James, James said, "Pin it." Pin it. Good. Hey, good tip. Excellent. Megan uh, said, "I click Wes's presentation." That's I'm, what I did. Is I clicked his presentation and then I pinned it so it was right in the middle, no matter who made a noise. I'm going to actually, and let's hope this doesn't blow up. But I'm going uh, to try to change. You can pull your screen bigger with two fingers. Okay. Good. All right. Can you all? Let me go back to my slideshow. Now, I guess I'm going to show Google Classroom. Are ah, too many tabs? Test class. Okay, can you all see? Does my screen look okay now? Is it bigger? Michelle, is it 
Is, does my screen look okay now? I had no problem. Yes, yes, they're all saying yes. Okay, all right. I, I just realized I had my screen resolution set kind of high and I probably needed to, I needed to reduce that. Okay, excellent. Any other questions right now? Michelle, any other questions? Amy hasn't figured it out yet, but she will. Um, Wes, I think your window, can you move your window up a little bit? It feels like it's not at the top of your screen. Okay. Is that better? I don't know. It looks strange to me, but that could just not be me. I think, okay. Yeah, I think. Oh, good. Never mind. Don't worry about it. No, let me, okay. Sorry. Hey, we're going to have these things happen. What I'm going to do is I'm going to just go ahead and stop screen sharing for a second. Stop presenting. And then I'm going to go ahead and present again. Ashley said enlarging your screen like Heather suggested helps. Okay. All right. How about now? Are we okay? Uh, it's fine for me. I'll, I'll take a picture and send it to you so you can see what it, I'm talking about. Okay. All right. So I'm just going to make a quick little uh, example here for a student. So I'm on my student slideshow. Um, so they need to pick something they're going to talk about. And here's number two, keep personal information private. So I'm going to, oh shoot, I put that first thing in there. Okay, keep personal information private, including login information. So I've done this as the student. And then I'm gonna go ahead and come in here and insert an image that I just downloaded from Unsplash. Oh, it's gonna say it's too big, isn't that nice? Um, and what I want to show is that these changes that I make are going to, um, they're going to, they're going to be viewable to me as the teacher. Okay. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to put this into my slideshow as if I'm a student. Okay. I'm starting to make my slideshow. Here's my picture. All right. So this is the student view. I'm going to go back to my teacher view and I'm going to look in Google Classroom so you can see what this looks like. So I'm going to click on my classwork and I could do it two ways. I can either click on my assignment or go right to people. I'm going to click on my assignment and view it. And I can see that student user has it. Oh, and look, here's the student user's assignment right here. So I can click on their assignment. They haven't turned this in, but I can see it even before they turn it in and I can see what they've done. So the student added, keep personal information private and they started to edit this. I can even see that, that they're editing it right now. So Google Classroom, when you create work for students, definitely, definitely you want to do the technique. Um, I, I think that you that uh, it were, it's really powerful to use that technique of creating a new assignment. And when you attach something to the assignment, it's a Google document that you've already set up for them. And you're gonna choose this third choice, make a copy for each student. That is absolutely super powerful, okay? Now, I kind of am thinking that everybody in Seesaw has 
perhaps done the template before, but I can go ahead and show you how to do that in Seesaw if you want to, as far as using a template, or we can just jump to uh, Seesaw questions. So put in chat what you would like, if you would like to see a demo of that in activities or we can or we can answer the questions because i'm thinking i would like you to please um repeat the name of the youtube guy eric what eric kurt so let me um yeah, kurt with a k uh with a c actually so i'm gonna too many things uh here is our slideshow that we've got this is the link that goes to the google classroom page so this is support.casty.org. When you choose teacher, it asks you, uh, what are you using for your learning platform? And Seesaw, Google Classroom, and my Cassidy. If you choose Google Classroom, here at the very top, I've got a link to this video series, How to Use Google Classroom by Eric Kurtz. Eric is a teacher and educator in Ohio, and I've actually gotten a chance to meet him and go to his workshops um, at a conference, but I was learning from him before that. And so this is a seven part series. Some of this is just about getting set up. And right now in lower division for fourth grade, the classroom is already set up. We're using the homeroom teacher's classroom. As we move forward, I mean, this is in middle division, each class has their own Google classroom. And so that's something we can, we can talk about and that may be something we'll want to modify but when it talks about posting to the stream, adding materials, creating an assignment, I'm not gonna play this whole thing, but let me just go ahead and click on this and just to give you a flavor of, of how this works and make and let me know if you can hear this. Hey, audio. this is Eric and this video is one in a series of videos on Google Classroom. This video covers creating an assignment in Google Classroom. Now, one of the most powerful features of Google Classroom is the ability to create assignments for your students. Classroom takes care of all the tedious steps, including making copies and naming the files for your students, as well as making sure the files are shared properly with you and your students. To do this, we're going to head to the Classwork page. Okay, I'm going to pause. I think he just goes through actually a demo of that same thing that I had that I had shown, which was which is fantastic. So, um, okay, right. well, we have another question. Awesome. Yes. How do our fourth graders access their copy if they do not have email? Will it just show up in their Google Classroom assignment? It does. So I'll let me go into the student user. I'll you know pretend there. So when I'm a student and I don't have email, um, I you know open up my computer and I'm going to log log into my Google account. So when, when our fifth fifth or fourth graders click Gmail, they can't. They don't they don't have an, an account. But they simply go to their waffle and they go to their classroom and they'll see everything um, they'll they'll see their class and they'll be able and right now they just have one class and so when they click on it, uh, they will see what's happened lately. And then when they click on classwork, this is this is how they see their classwork. And I'm not I haven't logged in, but one of the things that's that's good is to use topics. And so that actually might be something that we talk with fourth grade about because you can have a topic called PE or a topic called, you know, Spanish or whatever. And then your things can be there inside that topic. Um, I'll, I'm going to use a non school example, but I'm using my own just consumer uh, Gmail account for the Sunday school class that I teach. 
And so this is how we have this organized because we've read a couple different books. So we're reading a book right now by Richard Swinson. So these are all the resources about Richard Swinson. The first book we read was by Francis Collins. And so those are those uh, resources. And then we've been talking about other stuff like biotechnology and creation and DNA and atheism and a lot of stuff. And so all these blue things you see are topics. And that might be a great thing to talk with the fourth grade team to see how they're using it. Cause you can see yes. I made a topic called- They're already using topics. They have a topic called specials in PE. Awesome, fantastic. And as we go further along, that topic may get busy. And so I think this will be a good conversation to have with our fourth grade team, because, you know, right now for everybody who is, is in middle division and upper division, they have a separate class for each thing that they take. And so, and, and, I'm, and I'm glad that we started simple. We started with what we, we've had, but right now everything for those kids is in that one class. That's advantageous because they only have one place to go and all their classwork is right here. But as we go further down this road, this is going to get probably pretty busy. And so we may wanna think about setting up a class called specials class, or we could potentially set up a class called Spanish, called computer, called music, called art. And so that will be a, that's a, that's a good follow-up conversation to have. What are the yes. we have? Yes. Uh, one of our teachers had said that they post in a certain way, date and the name of class. Will that create it in a certain order? So like all the most current stuff is at the top. Great question. So let me go back to my teacher view and I'm going to go back to the class. And so, um, this is this is the test class and the answer is no the title doesn't doesn't affect it um i'm going to just create a, another test assignment and i'm not even going to add anything to it and i'm just going to assign it and if you don't um change anything it just goes at the top okay it is in chronological order but um if you want to change that you can you can click and drag your assignments think how do I do this uh, was it that I, I have know. inside a topic I mean I know I can let me create a topic so I'm gonna go create a topic and I'm gonna say let's just say keyboarding is another topic we're doing all right so students will not see this yet until I move something into it there we go and so I can then I can move things around you know into topics so Assignments will post at the top, not in a topic, unless you, you know, create one and choose one. And then topics can be reordered as well. And I think this is really important in terms of helping organize the work that students are doing. And that's, I'm glad to hear you guys have a topic called specials. And maybe something we might want to do is, um, is maybe Michelle at the, at the next uh, fourth grade team meeting we you or i or both can talk with them and then maybe we can anyway see see what we want to do in terms of at some point making a change to that because I think amy has a question yes amy if you'd like to ask that or you can put it in chat and michelle so fourth grade to the best of my knowledge has been using within their four classes polar group homely right so, okay. polar group 
And so those color group rooms still exist. As we moved to the remote learning platform, they also created a home room. And so the process that they're using is that the students check in and with their home room and every morning an assignment is posted or a question and that's how they're taking attendance. And so that's why the specials is only being posted there. So the only thing that's funneling through homeroom, to the best of my knowledge, is morning attendance and specials in PE. Then they still are using their polar groups, I believe, for their core classes. So that's where the teachers are posting for language, arts, math, social studies, and science. Okay, so here's what here's what I would suggest as a follow-up. Why don't you all, the next time you have a specials meeting, have a conversation about the choices? Because we kind of, we dove a little bit into topics and organizing assignments and thinking about that. And so why don't you all visit about what would seem to make sense? And then we'll have the, the uh, fourth grade team do the same thing and have that conversation. Maybe we'll then get together and talk. I mean, I know you all are having, I think, a lower division meeting. I don't know if, if that agenda item we'll have time for today, but I think this is a really great thing to talk about is how are we going to try to, to help our students, um, you know, get their, get their assignments and their information, be able to know where to check, let you organize your work, but also not overwhelm, because I think that is also happening to everybody with so much information. And so, you know, it could be overwhelming for everybody to set up their own class, but maybe it would be better, you know, we set up a specialist class and then each of you have a topic inside of that. I'm not sure, but I think if you all will talk about that, think about that, and we'll ask the fourth grade team to do that too, then that would be, that'd be good. We are at 1137 and I, totally good. I can keep going here. Um, but I want to be respectful of everyone's time as well. What other questions do you have? And if, and we can also stop the recording and talk about questions we don't want recorded if we, if there's any that fit in that, in that boat. Great. Yes. James just said, can we look at uh, scheduling assignments for a future date? Absolutely. Um, let me point out, this is kind of cool. So Sarah Zedlitz has just created a middle division Google Classroom, how cool. And so she's posted her on the radar, that's an email that she normally has, but that is now a way that she's being able to share that. That is fantastic. Um, so James' question is about scheduling something. So let me say I'm gonna create an assignment or actually let me do something different here, a, a material. Let's say I have a video that I want my students to watch and then I want them to, um, you know, uh, write a, you know, write a, write a comment to me about what they thought of that. If you want them to send something back to you, it needs to be an assignment. Okay. Cause that's how they submit it back. Uh, if you want them, well, if you want everyone in the class to see it, this is where you would do it. You would say, put that in the stream and you would share that with the class. Um, so let, let me do that as an example. So I'm going to share your screen so we can see what you're doing. Oh my gosh. Yes. Thank you so much. That's so lovely. Wes is just carrying on as if I was sharing my screen. All right. Yay. Maybe. Okay. Are you seeing my test screen now? Okay. Sorry. Yeah. About that. Thank you. I feel like such a silly goose. All right. Uh, so here we are in my test class. And let's say I have a video that I want to, to share with my students. 
So um, for instance, here is the overview video that I did for this week for students and I want them to watch it. Um, I could just post this directly in there. <clears throat> Something I'm gonna actually do is I'm gonna go to our modules and I'm going to choose the link that says safe link sharing because the, and there's several sites. I'm using this one called safe YouTube. The reason is if I just share this link, look at all this other junk that's on here that, you know, will be distracting and I can't control. I'm going to copy this link and I'm going to put it into safe YouTube. And so now this is all they're going to see. They're just going to see the video. Hello, and they're not going to be able to, they're not going to see all that other stuff. Okay. But it's, if you don't want to do that, you can still directly share a YouTube, but to James's point, what about doing this, you know, um, into, in the future. Okay. I'm going to say, please watch this video and comment on, uh, what you think. Okay. And I'm going to click add. I'm going to say YouTube. Well, okay. Actually, that I don't think that'll work as that would work if I did a direct YouTube. I'll just paste it in here. Okay, so here's the link. Here's the, the uh, answer to James' question. That was way too long of a windup. If I click post, it goes in there right now. But if I click this little arrow beside post, I can choose to schedule it. And let's say this is for next week. So I want this to show up on uh, Monday, April 6th, and I don't want them to see this until. 10 a.m. schedule. So I have just scheduled a post that is going to show up there. And um, actually, that's a, that, yeah, that'll be on the discussion. And I can click on saved announcements and I can see that. So it's not showing up for them yet. It's scheduled for April 6th at 10 a.m. Same thing for classwork. All right. It's just that little arrow. So I'm going to do a new assignment. We're going to call this test three, and I'll give this a topic right here. I'm gonna say this is a keyboarding assignment. I, I could add stuff here, but the difference is instead of just a sign, which shows up right away, the little arrow, and this by the way is now available in Gmail. So <laughs> if you're working late and you don't wanna send people an email at 10 o'clock, you can click this and choose schedule. This works for an email too. And then you can say, I want you to see this tomorrow on Tuesday, you know, at 8 a.m. or whatever. Wes, we have a couple of questions. Okay, go ahead. One said, is there a way, a way to schedule assignments for more than one class at a time? We haven't been able to figure that out if there is. Yes, definitely. Okay, so let me do that. So. I'm going to go ahead and click create. And instead of making assignment quiz, you have to make the assignment for one class. Okay. But after you've made the assignment for one class and let me, let me, I think I can do this without sharing any student information. Well, um, whatever I have, I've created some assignments in here. So I'm going to reuse an assignment from this class. I'm going to click create, but instead of assignment, I'm going to choose reuse post. Okay. And this can be from any of my classes. So I'm going to choose an assignment I made last trimester. And it's just going to take a minute to populate here. And so I'm going to select the class that I put the assignment in, but then I can choose to put it in more than one place. And Google is taking a while. And, you know, I just realized something too. 
when I create an assignment and I choose what I want to post for, actually, that's what that's that you, this way you don't have to post it anywhere first. If you've done it in a previous trimester, you can choose reuse post. But let's say this is going to be my test for assignment. Uh, when I when it says for and who, this is how you limit the students, right? If you don't want, and I only have one student in this class, but if you don't want to send it to all students, you can only send it to certain students. This is how you send it to multiple classes. I want to assign this to that computer class and that computer class. These are half-faced classes, so I'm not going to do that. Um, but this is how you will create an assignment or a material and you can post it to multiple classes. And whatever you choose here in terms of your scheduling, ah, look at that, that's interesting, huh? It looks like when you do multiple classes, let me uncheck. Wes, I think oh. you've answered two of their questions. Um, another question is, from an assignment, can you show us in student view how students would post a picture, video, auto, audio recording? Yes, for sure. So I think what I just realized is you can, when, when you're posting to one class, you can schedule it. I don't think you can schedule for multiple classes at the same time, but you can assign it for multiple. Okay, so the question is, how would a student respond with a photo um, or a video? Is that right? Yes, correct. Okay. So uh, let's go to one of these test assignments, okay? So I'm logged in as a student. I'm viewing my assignment, and let's pretend like it says, um, you know, give me a picture. Um, students are going to click add or create. And this is where they can either select an existing file or an existing, um, you know, Google document or link, or if they want to, they can create one right now. So for instance, let me create a, a new slideshow. This would be if you didn't make it for them, for them to use as a template. They're just, it's just gonna create a blank one. Notice how it automatically puts my name at the top. And so I can click on it and then I can start to add things. So let me see if I can insert an image and then it actually does give me the choice to use a camera. I think it's easiest if students will use either an, an iPad or another tablet or if they'll use a smartphone and they'll use the Google uh, app to do that. And I, we may do a separate session. Well, I don't know, I, might, I don't know. I might be able to plug in my phone here. I don't think I have the, well, no, I guess I do. I can show that on the phone if you want. So this is, this because this is another issue, right? What do the kids have? Are they on an iPad? Are they on a laptop? This is what it looks like on a laptop. So they can say, insert image camera. It's gonna pop up and say, hey, Google wants to use your camera. And then you've got to say yes. So now I can say, Hey, there's my picture, I guess I can say insert. And then here's my picture. So I've just used my webcam to go ahead and take that picture. And that would be one way, okay? They would Wes, Amy has a comment in regards to the devices and yeah. uploading. She says, in my test class with Adeline as my student, it has come to our attention that the way students need to upload a picture or video differs from device. It's rather easy from a phone, but iPad and computer are different. I know Forth shared a video about uploading from a phone, but there are other videos we can share about uploading from other, or are there other videos we can share about uploading from other devices? Well, in fact, Michelle and I were talking about this today, like how are we going to, we probably need to offer at some point some student, um, 
some student help on how to do this? Because she's saying that it's just it's easier on a on a mobile device. What she's saying is that there's just a lot of different devices being used, and that students have gotten um, instructions on how to upload from a phone, but we don't have instructions for how to upload from an iPad or a computer. And so we probably should find a way to offer a video instructing them so that um, they can use the instructional video based on what device they're using. Did I say that Perfect. correctly, Amy? Yeah, I mean, when Adeline and I were playing with it, when you work with a phone, it lets you, when you say you want to add something, it takes you right to and gives you the option of your photo library. So whatever they've just taken is right there. But when you use an iPad or a computer, they if you simply just do that add button without taking them into another step of add it into Google Slides or do something like that, it, um, it takes them where they have to have saved it into something, um, they have to have uploaded it to their device and then share it from the device. It does not just take them straight to. So that's just a piece that's just, that's different. So in that, in the specific assignment where I did, I specifically said it is easiest to do this on your cell phone, on your phone. Right. Yeah, let me, let me, uh, so I put that, I, make, I just put some notes on this slide 10 um, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna transfer those. If just like I ask for clarification for students to add response, the prompt is add or create. Um, in Google, in Google uh, Classroom. Uh huh. So when they're in their Google Classroom and they click, it's add or create. Those are the words. Uh huh. Okay. And like I said, if you want to play with a student user, Thank you want to add because you can. Any of us, and this is something. If if you haven't done this yet do it. You can just create a, a play Google Classroom. This is what Jeremy did. He created a test class. Go to Google Classroom, click on the plus, and then, um, well, I'm logged in as a student, so I can't. When you're a teacher, okay, uh, and you're just logged into your classes, and you click on plus, it gives you the option to create a class. So you can just go ahead and say, you know, my test class, and you can create, and then this is a sandbox that you can start playing in, not worrying about when you create or whatever student seeing it, it'll allow you to, um, you know, just use use this to to play, and you can make this, you know, do do whatever you want to with this and and use it to to play. So uh, I'm going to answer that question about phone because uh, it was as far as what that looks like. Do we want to see that, uh, or are we good on on that? Because I can actually show that on the phone really quick if we want. Yes. No. I'll show it really quick. Um, I want to point out. Oh, sure. We have a sure. Okay. On our support page, when you view our instructional support modules, I have a Google Doc right here at the top. It says, Cassie faculty staff, please add it to this Google Doc. So when you have something that you want, just like today, we want to know these two things. Um, this is a document that's set to let anybody on our, on our staff uh, just directly add things and people who aren't part of our staff can view it. So I just put this on. And so there's several things that people have suggested and this is a this is a great place to suggest those things. Um, what I'm gonna try and do, I think I can do this now, is I'm going to switch over to QuickTime Player. If you ever end up needing to do this. And I'm going to, instead of having my video, oh, come on, really? Um, 
what I want to do is I want to bring up my phone and I'll show you Google Classroom. The first time you do this, you have to trust, your computer has to trust your phone and vice versa. And ta-da, then it'll appear. And so you and and so now you can show stuff on your phone or, or an iPad. So I'm gonna open up Google Classroom on my phone. Uh, I've got to make sure I log in as as my as a teacher. So let me go to my Cassidy account. And I'll and so and to Amy's point, it is so much easier on a mobile device like a phone or an iPad to respond with a picture. Be, I don't know. I mean, you your cam your 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 phone. Okay, so here's here's the test class that we were just in. Notice at the bottom. Um, I've got stream, classwork, and or and people. So I can click here on classwork, and ugh, I'm not actually logged in. I haven't logged in as student on this device. So let me see. Okay, here's a class that I joined that I helped Joanne Ju set up as an example class, and I'm in here as a student. So uh, she just made this pretend assignment. All right. And here it is, and I um, can tap here at the bottom where it says my your work, and then I can add an attachment. And this is where it allows me to pick a photo or take a photo. And so I can say pick a photo, and I can choose a picture of my dog that I happen to have taken this weekend by our little chimney of fire not getting his tail burned. He was making us nervous, walking really close to the fire. And so now that picture is attached to this assignment and I can turn it in and submit it. And that is going to go back to the teacher. So uh, a phone or an iPad is definitely, I think a little easier for students to attach pictures and um, you know, videos. But I have added to our, our list of things, how can students record their voices for a Google Classroom assignment? How can students upload a photo to Google Classroom? Okay, let's see, do we have any other questions? We're almost at the top of the hour and I do think I wanna end here at 12, but this is great. These are good have questions. One more question. Yep. Is how is a good way to have a thread of teacher and student comments for an assignment I see how to post private comments back to students. Is there any other way to provide group feedback on the assignment? As assignments start rolling in, another question, can students see the assignment responses, photos posted by their classmates? Okay, fantastic. Uh, yes, so I, what I'm gonna do, remember you can, there's the four choices up here at the top, and, and usually I go to classwork, but sometimes if you wanna go to a particular student, then you can click people and, um, I'll go to this IT class because we actually put the student user in here. So I can click here on, I'm, I'm in my class. I've, I've, you start on the stream, you click on people. And then when you go down here under students and I click under student, this is everything this student has done. And I can then leave comments on a particular assignment. So let me go into this test two assignment, okay? Um, I can view the details. This is where I get to add private comments. My mouse will cooperate. 
great job. Uh, please, you know, take a look at your spelling on your second slide. And so when I click the go here, and again, I'm looking at a specific assignment. This is the student's work. This is how private comments work back and forth between the teacher and the student. I'm going to back up and get into that one more time to, to show it to you. I'm just clicking around so fast, I completely got out. Okay, Google Classroom, classroom.google.com. Here is the class that I'm working in. I want to see a particular student's assignment. So I could view classwork, but I'm just going to click on people and go to that student. And I'm going to click on the assignment. And look, there's it shows there's a, a little comment here. When I click on the specific assignment, I can see comments that have happened. And so if the student commented back to me, let's see that. I'll go to student. Okay, I'm going into my class. And um, interestingly, there's not a notification that I have here. This is actually a challenge that I had, and I'm not sure how to, um, how to make this better. Um, because until I view the assignment, I'm not seeing, oh, did I do that on the test? I'm, I'm clicking around so fast, I don't know if I, because I should, I should be able to see the comment that the teacher left for me on my InfoPic assignment. I'm gonna, I'm gonna post a question as a student. I'm going to say, I don't understand this. And then let me try to look at that as the teacher. Oh, okay. That was the, I was, I was on the, the different assignment here. There's the comment. So the student has said, I don't understand this. And then I can say, can you come to my office hours tomorrow at 3.30 or or whatever, or you can set up a different way to interact and, and come to that student. So that can that can be back and forth, okay? Um, I'm gonna switch back to the student um, because I actually clicked on the wrong thing. So I think this was on test two. And so I have to view the assignment and look, there's the private comment that came back and forth. So when either students or teachers are, are viewing an assignment, then you, you have this opportunity to go private back and forth. Okay. Any other questions, Michelle? Um, no, but we did have a comment about Google uh, Meet. And if you're having trouble seeing something on Google Meet or it's not working like you think it should, sometimes if you leave the meeting and come back in, it will correct the issue. Amy was having a hard time getting Wes's screen to be large enough to see. And when she left the meeting and came back in, it corrected the issue. So. Sometimes that's what needs to happen. Okay, fantastic. Well, I'll just wrap this up with the last uh, last thought and comment, uh, and that is, hey, we can do this again. And I'm so glad to have all those questions. And so, in fact, I think I will I will send you all an email with a little link, and you can uh, let me know how this was and what you would like to do next. This is actually the first virtual little workshop we've done, and I am sure that we're going to want to do more of these. So I want to thank everybody for, 
joining. I will actually stay on after I uh, finish the recording. Um, but if people would like to access this recording, we're going to go ahead and have this linked on support.cassidy.org. And I will make a link for um, instructional uh, workshops and we'll, uh, we'll put a link there so that others can check it out. So I'm just going to go now to the corner and I'm going to click my three dots and say, stop recording. Thanks for listening to this episode of Class with Dr. Fryer, an eclectic podcast channel filled with different audio recordings of presentations by me, Dr. Wes Fryer, in Oklahoma City. You can access this podcast uh, by either visiting Anchor's website, which is anchor.fm slash D-R-F-R-Y-E-R for Dr. Fryer, or you can simply tell your favorite smart speaker, either the Google Home or the Amazon Alexa, please play me the latest episode of Class with Dr. Fryer. Thanks so much for tuning in. Make sure that you check out the show notes and the links that I have for each episode if you'd like to follow up. And you can always reach out to me either via Twitter. My Twitter handle is at WFryer, that's W-F-R-Y-E-R. Or you can visit my electronic contact form by visiting westfryer.com slash contact.